Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to have with me on Lawyer Business Advantage today, Jennifer Bullock, founding partner of Bullock Legal. And I want to set the stage for all of you so you understand kind of what Jennifer's gone through. Imagine, I'm going to rewind here. When Jennifer first started her firm, she had no clients, no one at all. She had literally hung out her own shingle and she was starting to figure out how she was going to make this work. And Jennifer, what was going through your mind when you were sitting there starting your firm, not having any clients? Well, it was a scary time. Um, you know, I had 15 years of experience under my belt. I'd actually built up um, great relationships in the legal community and the business community. Um, but when I decided to start my own firm, I had actually trans- transitioned from the nonprofit world. I had left the firm world. And so I had uh, transitioned all of my clients to other lawyers thinking that I was going to work in a nonprofit and not be out in a firm. So when I decided to leave the nonprofit world because it wasn't a great fit for me and start my own firm, I started from scratch. And it was, of course, overwhelming, um, intimidating. And I knew I had to work harder than I'd ever worked before to build from the ground up. And so I'd love to hear why you decided to do this. Why on earth would you take this nonprofit business and leave that and start a firm from scratch? Well, the nonprofit job that I was in was nonprofit leadership, and it was a great organization, but it was leaving the practice of law. Ultimately, I realized that I am meant to be a lawyer. Um, I'm a litigator at heart, although I certainly do the transactional side in my area of practice, which is employment law. But through and through, I'm a litigator at heart, and not being in the day-to-day of, of you know the lawyer world was really hard for me, harder than I had anticipated. So I made the decision um, after being in the nonprofit world for for a few years to transition back, knowing that when I did that, I would be starting over essentially. You know, even though I had all those years of experience, um, and and it was worth it, uh, certainly worth it. Um, and it's it's been a tremendous. Twenty twenty one was my first full year in business, and it was far more successful than I ever imagined. Awesome, awesome. I want to take you back though to that time where you started your firm and you had no clients. What did you decide to do first? The first thing I did was I made a list. I mean, back to basics. I made a list list of every single person I knew that could be a potential client or could potentially refer clients to me. You know, anyone who knew me as a lawyer, um, and then even some that knew me just, you know, in, in personal life who may not have known I was a lawyer, but starting with those who knew me as a lawyer first. Um, and I made that list. It was, it was pretty long because I built up a lot of, you know, a a good network over the years within the community. I did a lot of community work. Um, and then of course had a lot of, uh, former colleagues that I'd kept in touch with. And, uh, I just, I made your old school basic list. And then I started reaching out to people one by one. Um, I called, called, not, you know, um, emailing and texting. I went back to old school calling Every single person I could. And, you know, I had the benefit of, well, benefit and detriment was COVID at the time. Now, when I made the decision to launch my firm, uh, the pandemic had not started. So I thought I was going in on a level playing field when, in fact, after I made the decision, you know, the pandemic began. And so then it was a completely different world. But to my advantage, people were home 
and they were answering their phones and they were eager to have human contact. So I actually was able to make contact with a lot more people than I think I otherwise would have, if not for the pandemic. It was an absolute crazy time. And that was one of the benefits of it is that people were really hungry for human contact. And so the phone became an incredibly useful tool. But attorney entrepreneurs, I want you to hear what Jennifer did. Okay. And what she didn't do, she picked up the phone and called people. She did not write a blog. She did not dither around on her website. She did not send LinkedIn messages. Um, and, you know, she did not send out email newsletters. She went out there and picked up the phone and actually made contact with the people that she knew. And Jennifer, what were those results? The results were fantastic. I was, um, I was so moved by how willing people were to support me, how excited they were for what I was embarking upon, how eager they were to um, refer business to me when they had the opportunity, and you know how excited they were to work with me again if they were people that I'd worked with in the past. And it was really humbling, overwhelming, and amazing all at the same time. That's terrific. And as an employment law attorney in, in Florida representing employers, I expect there are a lot of potential clients that could come to you. And one of the challenges that I've run into with you know, employment law firms in areas like you know, New York and California and Massachusetts and Florida is actually it's it's really on, on the growth side. So many clients, once you get it going, so many clients want to work with you. You have done some innovative things in your firm to address some of that. And so we're going to jump into this alternative fee conversation because Jennifer, you have an amazing model that I think attorney entrepreneurs that are listening need to hear. So tell us about your concierge service. Sure. So I have, um, as a starting point, I have a flat fee employment law firm. So I don't bill by the hour ever. So my fee structure is, is always flat fee. And then within that, I have a concierge service. It's the employer advisor program where employer clients, really any business with employees, so businesses of any size, although I would say it's generally 200 employees and fewer, and some as few as 10 employees, um, have access to, to an employment lawyer, really available on call, and they get ongoing advice, um, ongoing access to uh, legal advice, uh, contract reviews, and then we work on projects throughout the year. And it's really designed to um, you know, make employment law advice accessible to businesses of all sizes, because what we often hear from clients they don't want to call their lawyer because they know they're being billed for every minute on the phone. And what's, you know, quick phone call is going to cost them a few hundred bucks. So let me just figure it out myself. And what that ends up, you know, resulting in is, is more expensive in the long run because when we have to jump in and fix a problem, it's always more costly than preventing it or getting good advice from the outset to deal with it. And that is probably more true in employment law than any other area of law. <laughs> and so the idea is let's, let's build a solid foundation together. Uh, let me be a resource for you. Let my team be a resource for you. When things come up, I want to hear about it. We check in monthly. I find out how your hiring is going. Are you looking at terminating anybody? Are there performance issues? And we'll talk about those issues along the way. When things pop up, I encourage my clients to call me. And they know they can and they do because they're not being charged for every minute on the phone. So we're really building trust, solid relationship. And then we get to fix those problems or or ensure that those uh, issues do not become costly problems later. So we have great success rate in preventing legal claims from being filed because, you know, any tricky terminations or any sticky employment issues, I'm, you know, I or my member of my team is involved in from the very beginning, advising behind the scenes to ensure that those those issues are being properly handled. And so 
um, you know, those claims are either not brought or if they are brought, we're able to put those to rest pretty, pretty easily. So I can already hear the uh, attorneys who are listening, some of them up in arms about, oh my gosh, how can you possibly do employment law on a flat fee? Because you've got litigation and you've got advice and counsel that they need right away. And how do you prevent clients from abusing, from abusing it and all these things? I would love to hear what was the impetus that drove you to decide on this model? I hear that all the time. I mean, all the time I get from other lawyers, how can you do that? So, well, the impetus was um, I, I felt like there had to be a different way to practice law than what the traditional way is, the hourly billing model. Um, you know, we often feel in big law that we, we're in the grind, so to speak. Um, you know, and there was always this inherent conflict between the lawyer and the client on, on bills and how much time something is supposed to take and whether you're incentivized or disincentivized to work faster or to work efficiently. And I think when you have a flat fee model, you're absolutely incentivized to work efficiently. You know, let's focus on what we really need to focus on and, and work together. But in employment law, it works particularly well because of the proactive nature of what we do and how we can get ahead of problems if we have a solid foundation and you have access to the right advice on an ongoing basis. The whole litigation question I get all the time, how do you do it for litigation? And I do, I absolutely do it. For litigation, there's different ways so you can structure flat fee for litigation. It absolutely can be done. What's really important is that you have a well-defined scope, okay? You can't throw everything under the sun for a flat fee and say, I can stick to this no matter what. You've got to really understand your practice area. You have to understand how cases are litigated, what the different variations are of an employment law case. You know, I have the luxury of having done this for a while, so I've seen a lot of different variations and I'm, I, you know, I have a good handle on what a case could look like, what happens when it goes off the rail, what are all possible outcomes. And so I've thought all that through. So you've got to be really detailed in thinking that through and having your plan and then pricing it based on that. It doesn't mean that you have to come up with one number all the time and it's an all-in number. It just means you have to be really clear on what the scope is, what's in the scope and what's outside of the scope and you know the price for each. So the client understands there's transparency. I love the transparent part of it. It's one of my favorite aspects of the flat fee model. I have that conversation up front when I'm talking to prospective clients. I have a flat fee model. You'll always know what you're going to pay up front. There's never any question as to what that bill is going to look like at the end of the month because that causes a lot of anxiety and it puts a strain on the relationship between the client and the lawyer. And how about we just take that out of the equation and you'll always know. And it's great. I mean, it's, it's a great differentiator for me, but it's also great for my relationships with, with the client. I love it. And I love working with attorneys on flat fee models because for all the reasons you just suggested, uh, it makes for a really great client relationship. Uh, it makes for a really great law firm. And finally, <laughs> law firm is now being run like every other business because your goal is to deliver the highest quality services that you can you know, at, at the lowest possible cost without sacrificing quality, which results in high profits. And if it's done right, um, a flat fee or, or an alternative fee type of a model can be much more profitable than the hourly rate model. Uh, that is a stroke of genius, Jennifer, and, and congratulations to you on executing that and pulling it off. I've had lots of conversations with attorneys about it. Very few actually get to the point where you have where everything is flat fee. That's wonderful to hear. You shifted very early on to business development. So tell me a little bit about why business development should be a priority, particularly for women. Sure. So I, you know, business development is of course critical when you have your own firm or when you're starting your own firm, particularly when um, you're starting your firm with zero clients. 
right. you've got to stop somewhere. So, my, so start somewhere. So my business development, of course, was accelerated. And I knew I ne- needed to hit certain goals pretty early on in order to be able to survive, so to speak, and then grow and then sustain and grow some more, which has always been my goal. Um, so I honed in pretty early on on you know a business development plan um, because I think you need to be really focused on who your target audience is. Of course, from day one, I couldn't tell you that I'm I'm where I was from day one. You know, I had an idea of who my audience was, and that's developed over time. I have a much better sense of that now than I did when I started a, a year and a half ago. Um, just defining constantly, you know, defining, redefining, tweaking who your ideal client is, where they are, how you go after them, and be really, really targeted. Because as a, you know, starting out as a solo, I'm, I'd like to. I'm, Pleased to say I'm no longer solo. I now have a team, which is fantastic. Congrats. But um, thank you. Uh, as a solo, you only have so much time to spend and you cannot spend time talking to the wrong people. It may be great people. They may be business people. But if they're not people who are ever going to buy your services, then you're talking to the wrong people. And so I had to be really focused and deliberate in how I spent, you know, spent my time when it came to business development. I also knew that I had a great network. Um, and I from from my past experience and years in the community, and I wanted to be able to leverage that network in a really smart way, intentional way. So I have worked with um, you know business development coach and, and really focusing and honing in on those things. And you know what I've discovered in, in putting sort of the pieces of my past and past experience together with current is like you know I really did build a great network over all these years. I've been involved in you know the legal associations and community associations. And that's been fantastic. It's a great platform from which I could build in my own. You know, maybe I didn't do it so intentionally at the time, but it's really benefited me now. And then what I've realized is how much women lawyers can benefit from that too. And how much there's a gap, I think, in our industry for women lawyers and business development. And it's just not enough of a focus. Um, I can tell you in my own experience working in law firms, that um, you know, I can count on one hand, actually on one finger, how many female rainmakers that I've had to look up to. You know, that's that's a problem. I think you know when you're looking at those in the profession, you want to see people who are like you, those you can identify with, who perhaps have families or mothers, you know, juggling a whole bunch of things, and still able to be, you know, at the top within their firm and and be great at business development. I think you can have it all. Oftentimes you hear, well, you can't do it all. It's just not possible. It is absolutely possible. I think if you start early in your career, um, you know, and I'll just speak to female lawyers from my own experience. I think if you start early in your career, just building some of those foundational things, like getting out there in the community, meeting people, building relationships, building credibility, picking an organization, not 10, but maybe starting with one, but an organization you can get involved in that you really feel passionate about, that you have an opportunity to step up and be a leader in. Because when you show up, you do what you say you're going to do, and then ultimately you're taking on a leadership role within an organization, you're viewed in a whole different way. And that comes back to you. It, you may not come back to you for 10 years or seven years, but it will come back to you. And so building that up over time is tremendously valuable. And it, and it doesn't need to take a whole lot of time from the beginning of your career. So just picking that one thing early on, if you're a young associate, just picking that one thing that you're going to commit to, show up do what you say you're going to do, and then ultimately, hopefully grow into a leadership position. And then, you know, go from there, build from there when you have more time to devote to. But you always have to carve out that time because it'll never just appear. (laughs) So we know we have lots of things competing for our time. I think for women lawyers in particular, it's so important to focus on business development early on in your career. One, because nobody will tell you it's important and you have to 
you have to figure it out yourself. I mean, especially in a big firm, I've yet to hear of anyone who's told me I had a business development mentor at a firm or, you know, so somebody called, called and told me they were going to offer me a business development coach. It's, it never happens, unfortunately. But um, I think if you, if you realize early on that it is important to your career and it may not seem important in the moment when you're just trying to make your hours, but understand that it will over time give you the opportunities that you want and the choices you want to make for your career. So I think as a female lawyer in particular, if you want to become a partner at a big firm or you want to open your own firm or you want to go in-house, just having um, you know, having that foundation starting early, you'll have more opportunities available to you if if you've thought of it from the beginning rather than when you're a sixth year at a firm and you're they're they're looking at you for potential partnership and you have no book of business of your own. Yeah, and you have no contacts that you can use to build a book of business. Yeah, if you're starting from scratch and you're that far along in your career, that's a serious, serious challenge. And so you have, uh, you're, I think, in, in the formative stages of something really interesting. Tell us more about what you've got going on in addition to your law firm. Oh, absolutely. So I'm working with Steve Fretzen, who is a business development coach. And uh, we are putting together a women lawyers power group. It's a peer roundtable for women lawyers who are really looking at taking their uh, book of business to the next level this year. Um, it's really exciting. So if anyone is interested, please feel free to reach out to me or reach out to Steve directly. We're really looking at supporting women lawyers in this space and, and focused on um, you know, collaborative environment, a, a safe, collaborative, supportive environment where um, you know, we can, those of us who are really looking to continue to grow our, our business and, and do it in a way that's exciting and fun and um, you know, obviously takes advantage of, of Steve's wonderful expertise in this area. Awesome. Steve, I'm a huge fan of Steve. He's been on my podcast. Uh, I'm going to be on his. And so uh, I would highly recommend, I'm sure between the two of you, that's quite a dynamic duo that, that you're putting together. And going back to your firm real quickly, your firm is growing like crazy. And so um, how have you been able to keep up with the growth of that firm? I, I think key, and I know you talk about this a lot, is uh, systems. You've got to have, especially when you're looking at a flat fee model and, and running a firm efficiently, you have to have good systems in place. You have to be real intentional about how you're spending your time. You have to delegate appropriately. You have to have all of those pieces. So, um, you know, keeping up is always a challenge, of course. Um, for me, it, it, was a, it was a big pain point when the work was coming in and it was just me. <laughs> and it was difficult to keep up with both the business development and the work itself. Fortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm moving into the next phase of that because I, I do have an, another attorney on board, uh, another employment attorney. And that's really exciting for me because, um, you know, obviously I need to be using my time in, in different ways. And as my team is growing, I'm able to have the support of another attorney so I can focus, continue to focus on building a firm and business development and all of those, you know, great things that help the firm continue to grow. So as I, as I build out my team, um, you know, it's having the right having the right talent in place, using your resources efficiently and and having systems. I mean, systems are, are key. I talk to other lawyers about this all the time and they're they're amazed that, you know, there's so many things you can do that they've never realized that you can do. Just even simple things like having scheduling links and having a system for consultations and how they get scheduled and not answering your own phone and, you know, sim truly simple things that, you know, they don't teach you in lawyer school. Yeah. <laughs> there's no lawyer school for that in, in law school. <laughs> That's right. They can call. They can call a business development coach or a business coach, you know, like myself or Steve, and that's exactly what we help them do. Um, the nice thing is, you don't have to do it all at once, do you? You can do it bit by bit. 
You know, you don't have to have this grand architecture uh, of all of these systems laid out. That's very complicated and it's very overwhelming. And sometimes the best thing to do is to start with what is your pain point right now and focus on, well, I don't want that to be a pain point. So let me do something about it and figure out what you can do. So your point about, you know, not answering your own phones is great. So attorney entrepreneurs, if you're listening and you don't like answering the phone and you feel like it interferes with your day and interrupts your concentration, guess what? You don't have to answer your own phone, right? You can make that your challenge and overcome that and then move on to the next one. Love that, Jennifer. Love what you're doing with your flat fee model and everything you're doing to help women attorneys with business development. Uh, it's definitely needed. And uh, I think, you know, I wish you all the success with, with that. Um, and as you look to the future, what are you really excited about uh, for the future of uh, Bullock Legal? I'm excited that my firm is continuing to grow, that I have, uh, that we have fantastic clients who are really benefiting from our employer advisor program to the, you know, benefiting from the ongoing access to um, employment law advice as they're growing their business. Because I, I really, truly enjoy partnering with businesses as they're in their growth phase as well. And that's what I'm seeing. I mean, it's a really interesting time for businesses right now. And more than ever, they need solid employment counsel. They need good advice as they're continuing to add employees to their workforce, but also as it's becoming more and more challenging to recruit and retain top talent. And that's all part of what we do is, you know, having good policies and and structure in place for their workforce and being able to partner with businesses on that is so exciting. And then, you know, also continuing to be accessible to, um, you know, businesses that maybe can't afford to go to a big law firm and get that, you know, get that top quality, you know, legal advice, but they can get a, a big law trained lawyer at a much more accessible price and a flat fee. So being able to, um, you know, be accessible to a wider group and and just continuing to put myself out there and, and do the best work I can do that my team can do and, and you know, also serve as a, a mentor and role model for, for younger female lawyers who are looking to do the same thing over time. Jennifer, if someone is here is listening, an attorney entrepreneur, and they either want to you know, know, know more about your firm or p- potentially seek you out as a mentor, what is the best way for them to contact you? Sure. So we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, or you can reach out to us through our website at bullocklegal.net. And, um, you know, I'm excited to talk to anyone who's interested in learning more. And thank you so much for this opportunity to be on your podcast. Thank you, Jennifer. It was a real pleasure. And everyone, that is Jennifer Bullock with Bullock Legal. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.